my loves, and welcome back to I'm On Your Side with me, Sierra Boudreaux. I'm so excited about this episode, you guys. I, once again, crowdsourced for y'all's stories and experiences, and what you guys sent in just absolutely blew my mind, some of these stories. So we're going to talk about those, um, but before we get into the core of the episode, we're going to do our normal catch-up, which is what am I watching, what am I doing, where am I going, that whole thing. I'm not watching a lot. I kind of fell off of my Yellowstone train, which is the thing about... Also, I never even finished Beef, that show that I told you guys about, um, I think, like, two episodes ago or maybe in the first episode. Never even finished it. I'll get really into a TV show and then forget about it one night and then literally never go back to it. So that's what happened with Yellowstone and that's what happened with Beef. And we'll see if I pick those back up again in a year, maybe. That sounds reasonable. Um, what else? I've been reading a lot, though. Instead of watching TV, I've been reading a lot. And I just finished Yellow Face. Yellow Face by R.F. Kong. I loved this book. Okay, the narrator is awful. She's insufferable. However, it's she's so necessary in, like, understanding what's going on. So as much as you grow to dislike her, you're like, okay, this perspective. It, the whole book is so, so good. So I really recommend reading that. Um, especially the last like 50 pages, I was on the edge of my seat. So loved that. And then I started, did you hear about Kitty Carr by, but while I'm pulling that up, I just want to remind you guys about Libby. This is not sponsored at all by Libby, but I am the biggest fan. Libby is a resource where you can go to your library and get a library card and use that library card through Libby and you get free books, free audiobooks. Um, and they do deliver straight to your Kindle if you have a Kindle or you can read on your phone however you want to. But I love it because it's completely free and um, you don't have to pay for the books. Well, that's obviously what free means, but <laughs> you know what I mean. Okay, did you hear about Kitty Carr by Crystal Smith-Paul? So good so far. I'm really into it so far. So I will hopefully finish that one on my vacation and then come back and tell you about it. But absolutely love that book. I've been really into reading, especially before I go to bed because it helps my brain slow down, which is what all the experts say. They're like, read a book before you go to bed. Don't look at your phone. Um, don't look at a screen. Even though the Kindle is a screen, the Kindle has e-ink. It's a whole different thing you can look into if you want. However, I've been reading on the Kindle, and it helps me wind down a lot and not be on my phone. I think it's really important for me to create that boundary with my phone because my job is obviously social media, right? So, like, I am either on my phone for entertainment purposes or for work purposes, but that doesn't leave a lot of time for me to not be on my phone unless I'm being intentional about doing something else. So I've been trying to be really intentional about reading before bed rather than scrolling. It's just really hard. It's like a brain switch that I just really need to get into. And I've been thinking about leaving my phone in my bathroom to charge while I go to sleep, which I do think would help my sleep tremendously. That said, it just doesn't really feel like the safest plan of action to me because what if someone needs me? Like people rarely, if ever, need me late in the night, but if they do, I need to be accessible. But I think that's maybe just like my fear talking and not something I really need to be worried about. So uh, updates on that once I finally decide what I'm going to do there. I feel like I finally have all my vacation stuff. My newly came in and I did most of my vacation shopping through newly just because I don't wear vacation wear in the winter, obviously. So I didn't really feel the need to buy it because I could change my opinion on it or want something different when the actual like summer comes along. So I rinsed it through newly. Those came in. Everything looks 
so freaking good. I cannot wait. Um, and Alex got this new camera because he's into photography. So he got this camera, and then he ordered the lens for it. And I'm so excited for him to take photos on our trip because they're going to be so gorgeous. And selfishly, I am going to have him take a lot of photos of me for my Instagram. And that is just part of it. He is the best Instagram boyfriend. If you ever see a photo of me on my Instagram feed, and you're like, that looks really good. I wonder who took it. It was probably Alex. So... I don't really have many other updates, so I guess we can just dive right into the episode, which is all about dating, situationships, awkward first dates, breakups, that whole thing. We're getting into the nitty-gritty of it. Like I said at the beginning of the episode, I asked you guys for your experiences, and you did not disappoint, so we're going to get all into that, but I wanted to start off just giving you like my experience in the dating world um, because it has truly been a journey, and I didn't start actually dating until college, so people have like these high school relationships and situationships, and I'm like, I really, I mean, I guess I had one, but like, that's a whole different situation that I wouldn't really classify as like dating. It just, it was a situation, and we will talk about that situation another time because it's part of a bigger situation. That said, I didn't really like date around in high school. Boys were not interested in me. I was not really interested in boys in that way. I was a theater kid, if that really tells you anything. I was a theater kid, like, to my core. I only hang out with theater people. I only really talk to theater people. And, yes, there were men in theater, but we were, like, very best friends. There was no romantic interest in that situation, which I'm really thankful for because it did teach me from a young age that men and women can be friends. You just have to, like, really set that boundary early on in your relationship. Um, But men and women can be friends, and I think that, like, some of those friendships I had with men at that time of my life was really, really important to me because I felt like I got to appreciate men knowing me and liking me for who I am, not for, like, this sexual desire or this physical desire, like just genuinely being good friends with men. So that was nice. I hope they're all doing well. I like gave that whole spiel. I'm like, I haven't talked to those boys um, since we graduated, but I do hope they're doing well. Uh, They were great friends to me back in the day, but I was, like I was saying, a theater kid to my core. Um, So I did not really like explore the whole dating world. I didn't really talk to boys outside of theater. Like I had, I guess, some like cordial relationships, like with my classmates, but it was never like a deep friendship, anything like that. So um, I didn't date, but in college I started dating or I like started kind of thinking about dating, but I didn't really know how to go about it because mind you, where I went to high school, we weren't on Tinder, Bumble, Hinge. I don't even know if Hinge was around back then probably, but I just like wasn't part of it. So we didn't use any of the dating apps. We didn't talk about the dating apps. Like really dating apps were a very, very foreign concept to me when I went to college, but I felt like some of my friends I made in college had already known about them and been on them for a long time, which is a whole different situation. Like why do teenage girls feel the need to be on dating apps, especially when the majority of men on dating apps skew older? Just something to think about. That said, we weren't on them. So in college, I didn't really get on dating apps. It wasn't the first thought that came to mind because I didn't really know about them. Um, But some of my friends were. And then for the most part, if you wanted to date or hook up or whatever, you would just like mingle with fraternity people because I was in a sorority. um, And so I had a lot of like fraternity friends. But see the difference in the friendships I had with these men in college and the friendships that I had with the boys, I guess, because they were under 18 but like these boys in high school was just that the introduction was so different and the phase of life we were in is so different and I don't know that I had like close straight male friends in college like very close I mean I had some like 
friends that I would, you know, say hi to, see at parties, hang out with very occasionally. But if I had, like, close guy friends in college, they were gay. But I do think that I was just in a very different phase of life. And I think that I also kind of grew into myself in college. And I think I had more confidence in college. And I do think that I was giving more, like, ready-to-date energy in college. So I think men just looked at me differently in college than they did growing up. Which just kind of comes full circle on what we were just talking about. So, um, oh my god, I like went on this whole tangent. I'm like, where is my train of thought? You guys walk with me, talk with me, we're gonna get there. So first semester, I wasn't really like dating, but I was just kinda putting myself out there a little bit, meeting people, hanging out with people, nothing big. I didn't go on a date. I don't think at all my first semester of college, except, oh my God, I talked about this on TikTok, but I want to share it here too because I think it is truly so funny. There was this guy in the fraternity that my friends and I would hang out with a lot. So I hung out with him a lot. Um, he was super great, super nice. Like I liked him, but I just didn't understand that there would be any romantic energy there. It didn't really come across like that. Like someone that I would hang out with in group settings, but never hang out with personally so or privately. So one time we were at an intramural game, and he comes over to me, and he was like, hey, you're going to Electric Cowboy on Thursday. I think it was a Thursday. That was the night that we usually went. And I was like, um, yeah, I'm going with my friends. And he was like, oh, do you want me to pick you up? We can go together. And I was like, no, I'll probably just meet you there. And he, I didn't realize until later, like we went back and forth like this for a little bit. And I didn't realize until literally years later that he was asking me on a date. Like it didn't occur to me that he would be asking me on a date just because it didn't really seem like that was the vibe there. Like I didn't look at him that way. I didn't think he looked at me that way. But I made it up to him because I did end up going to formal with him him later in that semester um once again we were going as friends because I wanted to go and he needed a date so I ended up there um but we were going as friends and that whole weekend was just absolutely truly insane like the first time I had plenty of experiences that weekend was my first like hookup experience and it was truly like my I think my eyes were just opened like what the college experience could be what the hookup experience could be what the dating experience could be mind you I hadn't even like had sex yet at this point in my life so when I say hookup like we it was basically an everything but situation but we did not sleep together and that's just <laughs> when I tell you I didn't date in high school like that was not something I was doing definitely wasn't having sex and so for my first semester of college I like still just wasn't having sex and I think that that's when I realized also that people were at my age having sex and I just wasn't before that experience I thought no one was really having sex just because we didn't really talk about it or people said hook up I thought that we were using the same definition of hook up I didn't know that when they were talking about hooking up they were having sex and I just wasn't which is just like a little tidbit about me very much a late bloomer in that whole realm but that's when I had my first hookup experience, and then I left that formal, and I was like, oh, oh my god. And then I was single for the rest of first semester. I didn't go on, like, date dates. I just hung out with people. Nothing crazy. And then I think it was the first week of my second semester of freshman year of college that I got into a very serious relationship. Obviously, it wasn't very serious the first week, but it grew to be very serious very quickly because kicker – I was religious, which I think explains most of what I just said. Like, I was very religious. I became super religious my senior year of high school and carried that with me to college. So lots going on there. But my first semester, 
No. My second semester of freshman year is when I got into a relationship. I met this boy in my political science class. I'm sitting down. He comes up to me and he's like, hey, I like your sweater. Um, and I was like, oh, thanks so much, whatever. And then he goes back to sit down. Naturally, I tweet about it because this was the time in life where everybody was tweeting everything going on in their day to day. So I tweet about it. Um, after class, I think he comes up to me and he asked me if I want to study with him. And I was like, oh, oh, no, I know he's like asking me out. So I turn on the charm and we I think hang out maybe that day this whole like the details are not super super important however we started dating and we dated all through college and I kept up that Twitter thread all through college and what's so funny about the Twitter thread is like I was updating it at first just because I thought oh this is fun this is silly I want to tell my friends because I wasn't obviously an influencer at the time I was just like tweeting to my friends um and so I was like updating them on that and then eventually it became like oh, I want to show this at my wedding. I want to show this whole thread at my wedding. And so I started updating like these very meticulous details. Every date we went on, every anniversary, I would like tweet something cute, maybe a song lyric, a couple hashtags, of course, and a picture of us. Um, and then it felt over time like an obligation. And it started to feel like an obligation because at some point in the relationship, I would say maybe a year in, I was like, I don't know that I actually feel what I think you're supposed to feel when you want to marry someone. I turned 18 in October, and then we started dating in January. So I was like a fresh 18, but about a year in, so around 19. I was like, I just don't think that I feel what I want to feel when I think about marrying my partner. But I had no experience breaking up with anyone. And like I said, I was very religious. So I thought, okay, this is just like a trial and tribulation. We're just in a rough patch and I'll get over the rough patch. And then I'm going to want to marry him again. And I'm going to feel those feelings again. Like I felt when we first started dating. When we first started dating, I was like, oh my God, my first relationship, he's religious. We're going to get married right out of college. Like I planned out my whole life because I just thought, that's what you're supposed to do, um, which I think is layered of like being religious and also growing up in the South. It's just very normal to get married at 22, which I talk to my friends in Denver now. And some of them are like, I don't have any friends that are married or having babies, which I find so interesting because 90 percent of my friends are married or thinking about like having babies Oh, naturally, I'm like, I don't think that he's a person I want to marry. But then we stay together all through college, which is just what you do, I guess. Or maybe not what you should do. Absolutely not what you should do, but that's what I did. So we stayed together all through college. Um, and then I went abroad. And when I went abroad, I was like, I think we just need to break up. Like, I think that I need to be here and experience this and just be on my own, which I think that I used as an excuse to break up. Like, I knew that I wanted to break up, but I didn't know how to do it. And I was like, this is a clean cut. This is easy. This is simple. I'm going to go abroad. I'm going to be gone for four months. And then it'll give both of us time to actually heal from the breakup without having to see each other around our friends, see each other around campus, you know, dodge all those questions. Or maybe he had to dodge some questions, but I was abroad and no one knew about him. So I didn't have to dodge any questions. So the breakup was a very clean break for me. I think I healed from it very quickly, but I healed from it very quickly. I think because I was already mourning the relationship while I was in it. You decide you don't want to be with someone anymore. It becomes like every day you slowly start learning what it would be like to be without them because you stop relying on them for things or you stop talking to them about things or you pull away in certain aspects. And over time, you just realize the feelings, the emotion, the uh, deep feeling of being in love just isn't there anymore. And when it's not there anymore, it's really time to go. But I didn't really know that at the moment. So I stayed.
but I used going abroad as this very clean break and I healed from my workup very quickly and then I started dating um and so there's two parts or two reasons why I'm telling this story and I think the first part is just to remind you guys that when you know you don't want to be with someone whether because of your feelings or how they treat you it is your obligation to leave the situation I think staying in the situation only ends up hurting yourself more than necessary. I think even though I was the one who wanted to do the breakup, I still was attached in a lot of ways. And I was still relying on him in a lot of ways, emotionally and just like this closeness and this relational aspect, the sexual aspect. I was relying on him. And I think I knew like in my head, in my body, that he just wasn't the person I wanted to be with. But instead of acknowledging that and working through that, I stayed, which caused myself more hurt and caused him more hurt in the long run from that we get to part two which is my study abroad situation and that was the first time I actually entered a situationship and I want to talk about it because I think that that is maybe my study abroad situationship is the only situationship experience I really have like a long-term situationship and we're going to talk about it so I go abroad and I'm thinking I'm going to be free I'm going to do it everyone I'm going to go on so many dates and I'm going to kiss boys and I'm going to maybe have sex if I feel crazy um like that was my whole plan obviously I didn't get the experience of studying abroad but I was like this is my opportunity to date and like date outside of being in college because you know when you're in college and you're dating and everyone knows everyone and what you did here gets around to here and then it becomes a whole thing and dating can feel really uncomfortable especially if you go to a smaller school or if you're in a smaller circle at your school like I was really involved in Greek life in college and so my circle was quite small because Greek life at UNT was really small so I was excited to date out of the confines of that the first date we called him amongst my friends bad kisser ben called him bad kisser ben because i'm telling you guys he was literally the worst kiss i've ever had in my life to this day i have kissed more people since him and still i remember distinctly that was the worst kiss i've ever had so we called him bad kisser ben we go on this date um and immediately i was like he's really cute he seems nice he has this accent like the vibes are there and then he was like do you want to come home with me and so i was like oh my god and that was the first time a man's ever asked me that like do you want to come home with me which if you remember the first time it's like a pivotal moment or at least for me it was I was like oh I'm sexy and I'm wanted and I'm desired he wants me to go home with him I didn't even think about like the repercussions of going home with him or the safety thing like the things that you should be thinking about like is it safe to go home with a stranger in a city where you don't know anyone on a continent where you don't know anyone just something to think about in hindsight but whatever I was 20 at the time I was free I was living so I ended up going home with him and <laughs> we it's like not funny but just remembering and knowing who I am now compared to who I was then we sleep together or we start to we try to um and then I start crying I start like bawling not just like a little one tear escape like uh, uh, like it was bad I start bawling and he was like are you, are you good? And I was like, no, I think I need to leave. And then I started getting dressed to leave. And I was like, no, I think I'll stay. So then I get back in bed um, and we try again. And this time I don't cry, but I just the whole time I was like so in my head and just so uncomfortable. And I think as soon as we finished, I did cry. And I think there's layers to that. I think part of me cried because I was still working through like a lot of religious guilt. And then part of me cried because it was like, this is the 
first person I've slept with since breaking up with my ex, the second person I've slept with in my life, and, like, it has no attachment, it has no meaning, I'm literally just sleeping with him because he's here, um, and then I think I was also just, like, uncomfortable and not really sure about my body, not really sure about what I wanted, so it felt more like I was just an object to be used rather than, like, a person who was also engaging in sex, so it was just layered, and it was super uncomfortable, and then we finish, and of course, I cry, and then I get my stuff, and I leave, um, and then I just remember being in deep anxiety, like, so much anxiety for the whole night that I get home, the whole next day, um, and he reached out to me, and he's like, hey, just checking in to make sure you're okay, and I was like, yeah, no, and told him we can do it again, um, which I guess I just said that to, like, please him and hope that he didn't think that I was weird or that I was crazy and I didn't even give myself time to think like you don't want to do that again that situation for whatever number of reasons made you really uncomfortable and you don't need to put yourself in that position again but back at the time when I was 20 I didn't know that I didn't know that I had a say in my own comfort I thought that I should make other people like me and other people want me and other people want to be around me even if I don't want to be there it's really important to be liked and respected and loved even if it's in the wrong places and I'm so glad that over time I've learned that that is not the truth. I don't need to be in situations just so that I'm liked. So I told Bad Kisser Ben that I'd see him again, and then he kept, like, following up for dates, and I would either ignore him or just say I was busy, and then eventually I think he just got the hint, so then we never spoke again. I went on a second date, and once again, vibes were there, energy was there, I was having a good time. And this time I think I knew more about what to expect. I knew more about the position I was putting myself in, um, and I just, like, knew more about myself and what I liked and what I didn't like and had more experience now just saying like no thank you um or not going on more dates or whatever it may be so I end up going home with this guy I won't say his name because he follows me on LinkedIn you guys which is so random and I don't even know how it happened I literally don't know how it happened but the other day I posted just my like job update that I left my corporate job and now I'm doing full-time social media and whatever because I really do like LinkedIn I think it's a great networking tool so I wanted to update it and he you know how LinkedIn has this little like emojis that you can reply he sends a little clap emoji and I like literally haven't thought about this man in so long but seeing his name come up on my LinkedIn notifications I was like oh hey Thank you for the congratulations. Hope you're so, so well. Um, so anyway, I end up going on with him. And then thus enters my first ever situation chip. We see each other every week, sometimes multiple times a week, for four months. Um, we see each other so often, and we're not going on dates. Like, we're not hanging out outside of his apartment. He didn't ever come to my dorm room because I was in a literal dorm room. Um, so I went to his apartment. His apartment wasn't a far walk from my dorm. So I would walk over there, Uber over there, depending on what time of night it was. Um, but I would walk over there and like we had, I think, a good time. We chatted, we laughed. So I saw him consistently for about four months, multiple times a week, and we had a really good time. Like we would laugh together, we would talk, never about anything super serious or super whatever. Um, and like obviously we would sleep together, and it just was like 
I knew that I didn't really want to do after the whole bad kiss or bin situation, like a bunch of casual dating and a bunch of casual sex. That just didn't feel authentic to me. And it felt like I would only be doing it because I was in a position to do it, not because I wanted to do it. Right. So I decided not to. But we never had the conversation of like, are you sleeping with anyone else? I think that I told him I wasn't sleeping with anyone else. And maybe if I recall correctly, but like this was years ago, he told me he wasn't sleeping with anyone else. Um, but like can't confirm or deny if that's true. But we were safe every time. So I felt like, okay, this is this is a fine situation. I realized maybe like a month in, I was like, oh my God, I have no idea how to have sex without catching feelings. And so naturally I started catching feelings. I didn't tell him. Um, but I would like make little gestures or like bring things up about like, oh yeah, when I go back to Texas and if you're ever in the States, like what do you mean if you're ever in the States? Literally, why would he come to Denton, Texas? That is <laughs> that is outside of the realm of possibility. Um, and so I would just like make little things or whatever, say little things and hope that he would pick up on maybe that I had feelings. And so I didn't tell him and we kept sleeping with each other and seeing each other, but I would like kind of want him to take me out or go places or like, go on dates and we just, he never was interested in doing that. So the whole time like I was developing feelings for this man and he was seeing it for literally what it was which is just like casual sex casual hookups no big deal which was shocking to me because I was like oh how do people just do that I had no idea how people just did that but he for sure was just doing that so we keep seeing each other the entire time I'm there is that even a situationship? I feel like a situationship involves a little more drama than that. There really was no drama, except one time um, I was leaving his apartment and he was like, hey, we have to go another way because my ex is downstairs. And I was like, wait, what are you talking about your ex is downstairs? And his ex was downstairs hanging out with some of his friends who also lived in the building. And if we went the way that we normally went out, she would have seen us. Um, and he was like, I just like don't really want to deal with that. And I was like, Okay, so we went the other way, and that was, like, the only drama we had in this four-month situationship. So I don't know if that really even counts as a situationship. Maybe instead of situationship, it's just, like, that was a long-term hookup. We'll just – we'll call it that. Get back to Texas, and I think it was maybe his birthday. No, it was his birthday, and I messaged him happy birthday. Um, and I was, like, out with my friends. I'm pretty sure I was drinking. Um, and I was like, I have a present for you. And he was like, oh, what is it? And I was like, I have feelings for you. Like, that was my gift. My gift was to tell this man who lived in England that I had feelings for him after our four-month hookup. Um, and he was like, oh, well, like, I don't. And also, I don't think you have feelings for me. Like, I think that we were just hooking up. And that was shocking to hear at the time, but he was absolutely right. I did not have feelings for this man. I just didn't know how to separate sex from feelings. And so I believed that I had feelings for him. The relationship could have literally never worked. And then I think a month later, I posted the story of one of my roommates, like, dancing around our kitchen with some boots on. Um, and she was wearing, like, a short dress. And he swiped up and was like, can you send me her number? And I was like, oh, no, fuck you for sure. Like, absolutely for sure. So good to know. So that ended that situation. And fast forward, I get into – COVID happens. Oh, my God, COVID happens. I get into a COVID relationship, which we will cover – in a later time, because that could take up literally an hour and a half. So we get, you know, past that. Thus starts my year of dating in Texas.
And this is what I found out for the first time in my life. Like, truly, men can be absolute weirdos and losers and also very scary. I was going on a lot of dates with a lot of men and having so much fun. I had finally established, like, confidence in myself. And I knew what I would tolerate, knew what I wouldn't tolerate. I knew what I wanted. And in some situations, I wanted dates. And I wanted to maybe see if it could be something. In some situations, I was like, I know this is very casual, no big deal. But I was really good about being upfront and honest about what I wanted and leaving when I realized they couldn't provide what I wanted I was confident and I felt sexy and it was just like a lot of fun to be dating and I was also dating after college so I didn't have to worry about dating and like my small college dating pool or everything about my relationship getting around or all of the drama that comes with dating in college I didn't have to worry about any of that this was you know after all of that so I was independent I was living by myself and so I just started hitting the town and this is when I found out that men can be absolute losers and scary and manipulative because I had just like a lot of exposure and so I'm going to tell you what my situation looked like it was mostly just going on like one date maybe two dates I don't know how many third dates I had but my app of choice was Bumble I loved Bumble so much because I liked knowing when I could make the first move and I liked feeling like Bumble had more of a woman's interest at heart her safety at heart whereas like an app like Tinder which just has a different a whole different vibe the way that I see it or the way that I saw it back when I was dating was that Tinder was for a night um Bumble was maybe for a month and then Hinge was forever like you were gonna find your person on Hinge which I think I manifested because it ended up being true I ended up finding my person on Hinge um but I was on Bumble a lot because Bumble kind of gave me this fairground. I didn't know if I was really ready to be in something serious, but I also knew that I wanted something like longer than a night. I wanted the possibility that it could become something serious, but not necessarily like dating for the purpose of it becoming something serious. One of my first dates when I started dating was with this guy. He had the same name as my ex, and that should have been a red flag right then and there. I should have been like, absolutely not we're we're not doing that again but I did it again he was also a cancer like my ex so I was just like double dipping I was like let's get into it what's the worst that could happen um so we go on this date we go to Katie Trail Ice House if you're in Texas or have been to Dallas um or live in Dallas you know what I'm talking about so we go to Katie Trail Ice House which has a little trail around it and so we walked from his apartment through the trail a little bit and then ended up there immediately I see him and he is maybe three inches shorter than his profile says and I had heard all the warnings you know men are maybe going to be like an inch shorter or just shorter than what they say but three inches shorter is just an outright crazy lie so I pull up to this five six man I'm five five and wearing wedges so I'm taller than him which mind you I am not anti being taller than your man I think that can be a power move and I think it can be super for sexy however I was not planning to be taller than him I was planning to feel you know little and petite and shorter than my man because that's what he said I was only really dating like men that were five eight five nine at the time so when I say little and petite I was like a few inches shorter than them I am five five so I pull up to him I see that he's short and I was like you know what whatever we're just gonna go we're gonna see what happens and we go to Katie Trail Ice House and we have a couple margaritas their margaritas are like these globes kind of or these half globes they're really big they're really strong and they're really freaking good I think I have two of them he starts sweet talking me I like you so much I really see us being together I want to provide for you my 
southern religious brain was like this is my man i'm sitting there sucking up the energy because i didn't know at the time that men can be liars so i'm believing him he's like i want to provide for you i want you to move in not even like it's not even love bombing he was just being truly insane and saying whatever he thought i wanted to hear um lo and behold he just wanted to sleep with me surprise surprise but i believe him we go back to his place, um, and then he wants to sleep with me, and I say no. I'm like, no, I'm just like not ready for that yet. No big deal. The next day, he's like, hey, come over. So I'm like, okay, well, if I'm coming over, and it was 4th of July, I want to say. This feels this feels right. I believe it was 4th of July. And I was like, if I come over, I want to bring my dog. There's fireworks. I don't want him to be, like, alone in the house when there's fireworks going off. So I bring him over, um, and I end up, like, starting to stay the night, or a time comes to, like, figure out if I'm going to stay the night. I had my overnight bag, so I ended up staying the night, or so I thought I was going to be staying the night. We get in bed. I think we're, like, watching a movie, just hanging out, and then he starts, you know, trying to have sex. And I was like, oh, no, I'm, like, still not ready to have sex with you. I like like hanging out with you. I just don't want to, like, introduce that to the relationship just yet. He gets so mad. He's like, well, I just don't feel comfortable with you sleeping in my bed if we're not going to sleep together, and I just feel like you've been deceiving me and leading me on, and I invited you over here, and, like, you knew what this was. And I was like, wait, literally yesterday, 24 hours ago, you said you wanted to marry me and provide for me, and now you just want to sleep with me? Is that how this works? Is that how this game is played? So naturally, I leave. I pack up all my stuff. I grab my little dog, and I run out the door. Immediately, I block his number, never to be seen again, never to be heard from again. I don't wish him the best, truly. And that was like, oh. So then I go back into the dating pool. I'm like, surely it can't be worse than that. Like, it needs to be better. And, and the thing is that that guy probably had like five red flags that I chose to ignore one of them being he was three inches shorter than his profile that was insane but like so many other little red flags that I chose to ignore because I was like that's what you just have to do you have to overlook some of the bad stuff to get to the good stuff and even if they're not perfect they're probably good enough and I was going into the dating world with the mindset of like they're good enough and that's good enough for me not realizing that I deserve someone absolutely spectacular I deserve someone wonderful I deserve someone that I don't have to overlook red flags for constantly and I ignored his little red flags maybe little comments he made like going to dinner and you know saying all of this stuff to me while I've been drinking like that just was manipulative and unkind and unfair knowing that he didn't actually mean anything he was saying he just wanted to sleep with me um which was like hard to process but once I understood the game that some men play I was like, oh, no, I understand what's going on. And I stopped being so naive in some dating situations. But I say all that to say that ignoring the red flags only does you a disservice. Ignoring the red flags only puts you at a disadvantage because they know they're lying. And the quicker you look at them and say, I know who you are, I know the game you're playing, and I refuse to have that game played on me and you leave, the quicker you're going to be able to find someone actually good. I'm not saying the next man immediately is going to be your most ideal man. I'm just saying the less time you spend on absolute losers, the higher the odds you're going to find someone quicker. You're seeing them for who they are, move on. Seeing that red flag, move on. Seeing that disrespect, 
move on. And the less time you spend on these men who truly are not worth a damn at the end of the day, the better odds you are going to spend more time with the right person. And that's just my philosophy. I feel like I've been so long-winded this episode, but I want to read you guys. I asked you guys to send in your submissions about, like, crazy situationship stories. This fan is an absolute loser stories, first date stories, and you guys did not disappoint. The amount of DMs I got, I literally can't read them all, but the amount of DMs I got and stories I got just blows my mind. So we're going to get into it because some of them are just, like, so insane, and I want your jaw to drop with me. This one is from one of my friends, and it makes me laugh because I so relate to this. I told you guys that I had this religious era, and I had my I can change him, the flirt to convert era. I had that. Of course I had that. So one of my friends sent this. I met this guy at a bar, and we got to chatting, and he was a special ed teacher at a middle school. He asked me on a date, but all I knew was his first name and the school he was at. I ended up calling the school, pretending to be a parent so I could figure out his last name. Once I found his last name, I did a quick Google search where I found not one, not two, but three public mugshots on Google Images. But I was like, you know what? People make mistakes, and I'll give him a chance. On our first date at the dog park, I had to borrow someone's dog because I didn't have one. He told me he, in fact, had been arrested six times for a variety of things, but two times were for assaulting a police officer. But he wanted to change. So our second date, I took him to church, but I got the ick from how he prayed, and I ghosted him. (laughs) Which I love. And this is what I say all the time. Spend less time with absolute losers. I think that obviously trying to like change him is just a bad thing. And we should not be trying to change men. You guys, talking in heteronormative terms because that's the experience that I have. But fill in the blank with who you date and who you are. That said, we are not dating potential. We are dating them for who they are. If they end up being a wonderful person and they grow alongside us, that is beautiful. That's what we can ask for. But the thing that I've learned about men is they will try to fill your head with this idea of all of their potential with no intentions to live up to it. They just want you around where they kind of like flutter around trying to figure out who they're going to be and in hope that you will tell them who they're going to be and pull them into that man that they should be. But that is not your job. OMG girly, I have a good one. I've just broken up with my ex of five years after raising his kids with him 50% of the time. I found out before Christmas that he has a whole secret girlfriend in another city for a whole year. Oh, my God. Well, picking out baby names with me and talking about marriage. Men are trash. This is not a situation tip, but that man is a loser, so maybe it still counts. That absolutely still counts. What I love about these stories that I've been reading, the whole theme of this episode is dump him. When you know it's time to go, when you know he is not the one, when you see the red flags, dump him. Do not wait for him to leave you. Leave him. And what I love about these two stories that I've read is that these women see who they are and they're like, you know what? I'm just not vibing with that. Like, I don't love that energy. In the first case, she didn't like how he prayed. And you know what? That's her right. If she didn't like how she prayed, period. Um, But in this situation, like, she found out this man is absolute garbage and then she left him. She didn't hope that he changed, waited for him to change, let him tell her she was going to change and then stick around. She's like, I see you. I don't want any part of it. And then she left. And that is what I could only ask for you girls. This is an example of men just having the audacity. First day we were hanging out, he says, out of left field, we could never be together. I want the mother of my children to have blue eyes like mine, and yours are green. Sir, first this is a first day, ill, and that's just not how genetic works. Men are truly, we could never be together. By the way, you have green eyes, and I want my babies to have beautiful blue eyes just like me. Oh my God, shut up. 
met this guy on Hinge when I first moved to Denver. Our first date was at a very nice, notoriously known, expensive sushi restaurant. He literally cannot shut up about socks and his boring finance job. But he was hot and was whining and dining me, so I sucked it up and pretended like I cared. He repeatedly kept getting up from the bar and saying he had work calls. He easily got up seven times within the first 45 minutes of us being there. The bartender then comes up to me and goes, you know he's sitting at another table with another girl, right? He had two first dates at once. Y'all... The way that would have literally taken me out. In that moment, how do you not take your drink, walk over to him, and splash it in his face and let the other girl know? Like, that is just so truly insane that a man would do that. That is, like, the audacity. Along those lines of a man having two dates at once, here's another situation. I started seeing this guy a few years ago. We were really into each other right away. So much chemistry and just vibing really well. After about a month, I asked if he wanted to be exclusive because we were spending so much time together. And he was like, hell yes, absolutely, but not super ready to be boyfriend-girlfriend, but down to be exclusive. I wasn't looking to have a title on the seat, but was super stoked about being exclusive. So on a Tuesday, dude invites me to a Red Rock show that's on that Saturday. And I'm like, for sure, how cute and fun. He said he was busy all week, but really excited to hang with me at the show. So come Friday, he isn't really responding to me, but I'm not trying to look too much into it because he said he was busy and we had plans the next day friday night i finally said yo are we still on for tomorrow and he texted me and i was like ah actually i don't know if i can go anymore i'm not feeling that good and i think i have to cancel but i'll make it up to you i'm definitely bummed but i got my ticket and asked one of my girlfriends to go because i actually really wanted to see that artist playing Fast forward to Saturday, I'm texting dude telling him to feel better and didn't want to mention I was still going to the show because I didn't want him to be sad about missing it. He's like, yeah, yeah, thank you. I'm sure I'll be good in a couple days. So my friend and I go to the show and we're having so much fun and I see dude like two rows away from me and I'm like, what is happening? I have no chill, so I definitely walked up to him, saw him with another girl there and he was absolutely shocked. He was like, OMG, hi, can I call you tomorrow? I'm sorry, this looks so bad, et cetera, et cetera. I literally looked at the girl he was with and told her he just said we were exclusive and we've been absolutely seeing each other for a little while she looked at him and then looked at me and said they have been exclusive for months oh my god if you're not watching the video i'm sorry about that pause but my dog just dropped reading that reading that he had been exclusive with another woman for months and they had a classic 90s rom-com showdown. They're at this concert at Red Rocks, a beautiful venue, mountains behind you, and you're confronting this loser for cheating. And yeah, if you decided to be exclusive, that counts as cheating. I don't care if you're not my boyfriend. You said we're only seeing each other and you're seeing someone else, so you're a cheater and a loser, period, blank, the end. Okay, this is an example of a man showing his true colors, showing an absolute genuine red flag, and it is your obligation to not ignore it. Okay, years ago, I matched with a man on a dating app, and we chatted a bit for like a week, and he asked me on a date, and I was dog-sitting a very anxious dog studio apartment too. So I said, I can't this weekend, I'm dog-sitting, and I don't feel comfy leaving the dog that long this weekend. And he proceeded to gaslight me, cursed me out, like paragraphs telling me I was lying, selfish, etc. All he had to do was say, no problem, how about next weekend? And I would have said yes, but so glad he showed his true colors because I can imagine he would have been toxic as fuck. My bestie came over that night with wine and we played with the dog instead. That's how you do it. That's how you do it. You leave them exactly where they are. A man cursing you out because you can't hang out with him because you have a valid excuse is never, ever acceptable. And I know some of y'all would see that text and feel like he cares about me. He wants to hang out with me. He likes me so much. No, no. Absolutely not tolerating that behavior, my girls. Okay, and this is a men are scary story. 
Oh my gosh. Okay, so first date with this guy at the park. He shows up with a full foot long sandwich from Publix and proceeds to eat it as we're sitting asking each other questions. He keeps asking me about fitness, like how long do you run, and kept pointing at my physical features. At one point, he goes like, yeah, you look like a girl I dated, but you're smaller. Like what? He just talks about his protein intake and then asks me to arm wrestle. I say, no, thank you, and he proceeds to tell me that he was a master at arm wrestling and knew how to win every single time. It starts to get darker, and I can't explain the eerie feeling in my gut. He tries to hold my hand at one point and tell him out of fear, I don't do physical stuff early because I can't trust him yet. He becomes defensive and says, you know, I could take you right now. I text my roommate and she was there in about five minutes to make sure I wasn't being followed and I was safe. Lesson is to always trust your gut. That could have been nothing and he could have just been like a weirdo or that could have been so, so dangerous. And the scary thing about men is that you never know. Do you guys think about how much trust it takes to go on a first date with somebody? Like how much trust, especially if you're going to a public setting like a park that's not like super crowded at times, you can find more isolated spots. It can be so terrifying because these men can turn out to be super, super dangerous individuals. And it's another thing when you go to a restaurant, right? And you're sitting there and you're talking and really hitting it off and he invites you over and you think you're safe because you just spent an hour, two hours in a public setting and he seemed really nice. And then he could turn out to be someone absolutely terrifying behind closed doors. It just takes a lot of trust to go on a first date. And so I say that not to like tell you out of fear, but to say always trust your gut. That initial feeling you have, something might be off, listen to it because it could be nothing and maybe you miss out on another date or it could be something life ruining and you truly just never know all you really have in some of these situations is your intuition oh my god this one's insane okay when I was in college, I had just broken up with my first boyfriend, and a few months later, I started talking to a football player. This was during COVID, so I wasn't at school at the time. We would text and FaceTime all day when he was free, and he would always beg me to come back to the college town. I finally went back when I had to start working again, and we would hang out every day and hook up. This continued on for five months before I started to get suspicious about him having another girl. She had a girl named Emma, and she had an account on his Xbox, so I had my friend from high school follow her just to see if she ever posted him. She never did. So I was thinking, maybe she was just a friend. Then one night, I'm at his place, and he leaves to get food. I was being a nice girl and decided to put his laundry away. I opened one of the drawers and found two framed photos of him and Emma, and they were not just friendly pictures. Then I opened the last drawer and it was full of clothes, not just leggings and a hoodie, but jeans, bra, underwear, everything. So I left his place before he got back, and he texted me asking me where I went. After that, we thought about him having a girlfriend, which he claimed that he never did. So I messaged her, and she confirmed it. I stopped talking to him and found out there were about 12, 12 other girls that I know of, he was also with at the same time. Twelve? What could one man possibly do with twelve women? Do they have the depth? Do they have the capacity to handle 12 women? A man sometimes can't respond to everything you say in a text. If you send three things, he'll respond to one and a half, usually just one. So to juggle 12 different women is truly deranged behavior. Oh, Lord. Oh, my God. I hooked up with a guy in college, and in the same sentence, this man-child, one, called me fat, two, offered me a Pop-Tart, three, asked if he could get on hinge in front of me, and four, pulled a lukewarm gallon of milk, oh, my God, milk out from under his bed. I wish I was making that up. Girl, I wish you were making that up, too. I wish to high heaven that you were making that up, because a lukewarm gallon of milk? If one of my friends came to me and they said I was seeing this guy or like I was hooking up with this guy and he reached out and pulled a lukewarm gallon of milk off from under his bed and took a sip from it, I'd be like, you need to call the feds. That's a punishable, a criminal offense, and you need to be calling the FBI on this case right now because that man 
is not right. He's not right. Have you guys heard the cab theory or the cab light theory? It's basically where um, a man like drives around with his cab light off until he's ready for a woman. He turns it on, and the first woman he gets in, he decides to date, he decides to settle down with. But it has to be when he's ready for a relationship or he's ready to be with someone actually. So he turns his cab light on, woman gets in. It's kind of like the theory I've also heard where women spend their life looking for someone, like being very intentional, looking for a partner, and men spend their life waiting to be picked. They are not intentional and they're not as careful but women are very meticulous and men just hope that the right one picks them where women spend a lot of time picking the right one anyway all that to say one time a situation ship brought me a dozen roses for valentine's day and then ghosted me the next day because he was scared of how much he liked me boo boo his cab light wasn't on and he was actually an adult baby an adult man baby Okay, that's the last one I'm going to read. I think that we have had our fill of deranged men stories. But next week, I'm really excited. We're doing an episode all about, like, healthy romantic relationships. And I am thrilled. I love talking about love. I love being in love. I love when my friends are in love. So I'm going to crowdsource again about, like, your favorite, I'm in love, this is perfect, things are wonderful stories. Because I think that we need a little turnabout in realizing that not all men are absolute losers. Some of them. Some of them are absolute losers, but some of them are actually really good and special and sweet and perfect. Um, and we're going to talk all about them next week. So I will ask you guys questions next week for that episode. But thanks for hanging out with me. This literally felt like hanging out. Sometimes people ask me, like, how do you record the podcast by yourself and how do you find energy? But I talk to you guys and we kind of like collaborate on these episodes, right? I ask you guys questions. I ask you guys what you want to hear. I come on here. I sit down. We chit chat. It feels very conversational. It feels like we're just hanging out. So thank you so much for hanging out with me and super quick before i let you go i just wanted to say hi my love you're gonna be fine this week but let's talk about it super quick you're gonna be fine this week because you're gonna honor the cravings you have whether that be a craving for food a craving for movement or a craving for connection when your body is saying it needs something you're gonna listen because your body cares for you and it's your obligation to care for it you're gonna be fine this week because you're gonna remember that you are doing the absolute best you can with the information you have and should you require more information you can make more informed decisions but you're not going to be yourself up for the decisions you made back when you didn't know as much as you know now this week you're going to prioritize the relationships in your life that stem from honesty and from deep connection because those are the people you're going to want to keep in your corner when times are tough and when times are really really good you are going to be just fine this week and i know that because you're going to show up this week okay i'm so proud of you and i love you so much and i'm on your side and before you head out if i could just remind you to leave me a cute little review that'd be so helpful five stars would be preferable but you know you can be as honest as you want to be but if you want to leave me a cute little review maybe write something sweet i would really love to read that love reading all those reviews i love reading your responses to the q a question um and it just means so much to me that you guys would keep coming back here every week so i will see you next sunday i love Love you so much. I'm on your side. Mwah.